Then when I got older, I began to lie to get exactly what I wanted when I wanted it, and I wanted it. Now I'm having trouble differentiating between what I want and what I need to make me happy. So instead of thinking, I just act before I have a chance to contemplate the consequence of action. Good day, good night, and welcome to Off the Woodworks for Friday, August 23rd. I'm Kevin Lagame, and we got CONCACAF. CONCACAF is so flawed. Uh, they have to lie all the time. Players gotta lie. They learn to lie at a young age. Then when they get older, they keep diving and trying to play that gangsmanship game. Well, we got CONCACAF. It became an expression, didn't it? It's an expression now. Well, we got CONCACAF. Well, today on the show, in the second half, we will talk to Stephen Eastap, writer for the Dynamo Theory blog from Houston, talking about the Dynamo of Houston, their game in the CONCACAF Tuesday night, and we'll talk about, more importantly, about the MLS tie this Saturday at Stad Saputo, Montreal versus Houston. If there's a winner, the winner is back in the race for the Supporters' Shield and the top in the East. If there's a draw, will both team take a loss? Because both of the team actually have game in hands against all the other opponents in the Eastern race. So we'll talk about that later on with Steven Eastad. But first, it was Operation Quetzal. And it was Operation Losing Points down in Guatemala City in the stad called Estadio whatever. I can't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try. Well... Down in the CONCACAF region again, we got CONCACAF, like I was saying. The referee giving penalty for no reason for a blatant dive. He barely grazed his elbow and against the other guy, and the guy just launched himself into the air, trying to do a long jump in the Olympics, and then just landed on the pitch. And the referee... <sighs> First of all, I thought that he whistled a dive. I thought he whistled like a foul on Heredia, but no, he actually called the penalty. He was intimidated by the big crowd of thousands of 500 people. If 500 people, if they were lucky. There was almost more kids screaming for Montreal because, yes, Operation Quetzal was a success. Congratulations to Ben Labonte, Jeb Knights, Jeb Brovsky for putting a smile on their face, even though it was a defeat. They got a nice backpack courtesy of the Impact as well, a very nice backpack with the Impact logo. So the Montreal Impact expanded their brand by making 500 fans for life down in Guatemala. We'll probably need those fans in a couple of years. Because <laughs> eventually, if we want to win down there, we need to do something about that. First of all, we're, I'm just lucky we get out of there with no injuries. Yes, we all know that Bernier, Nesta, and Devaya were not there. And note that that not explained the defeat. But I'm just glad that nobody else got injured. Okay, we got a guy suspended for the San Jose game. Piscu, Mr. Adrian Lopez, Piscu, trying to be too piscute. Did a late tackle and got sent off. It was a harsh call. So that's already two calls by the referee that are questionable, and it's only the first half. Free kicks after free kicks. We couldn't do anything about it. They just keep diving all over the pitch. I'm really sick and tired of that gamesmanship down there. We need to do something about it. When there's games in 
Canada, in North America, and the North of Mexico, you don't see that gamesmanship that badly. You actually not it's not that bad. Even in Mexico right now, the games are not it's it's not as much as when you go down to really south not South America, but Central America. But and even Mexico, I guess. I know if you go to Azteca it is intimidating if it's Club America. Yes, I agree, I give it to you. But if you go to Tijuana, it's not that bad. But still we need to do something. We need to figure out what to do. We need to start doing it here. We need to start doing intimidation, that kind of stuff. No, not the army. We're not going to bring... Let's just talk about that for a second. Arcadio Marcuzzi, Le Foutard, uh, Le Foutard, uh, com, was done in Guatemala, and he explained to me that... Ex it's not to me, but to everybody on radio. He explained that as soon as a team got out of their plane in Guatemala... At the airport, the army was waiting for them just to, to escort them. Just that puts a little fear. It plants the fear seed in your mind, and that plants blossom during the game, and it gives you a fraction of a second of questioning, of hesitation, and that's what exactly what cost us the game. Like I said, I'm still glad we came out with nobody injured, only a one lot, one nothing loss, so our differential is even, which might be very important because right now the group is really open. You got the Sede Heredia with three points and a plus one differential on top of the group with one game played in group five of the CONCACAF Champions League. Second, you got Montreal Impact with three points and a differential of even because a plus one against San Jose and minus one against Heredia, that means even. And you got the San Jose Tremblementaire, the Earthquakes, last in the group five with zero points and a minus one differential because they lost one nothing in Stad Saputo. So, yeah, so all the fans on Twitter, oh, blame Charlie Baum for the loss. Stupid question, stupid starting 11 that he put on the field. He doesn't know what he's doing. The Swiss volcano is extinguished now because he doesn't know what he's doing. Blah, 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 blee, 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 whatever. No. I agree with the choices Shalibaugh made. First of all, not to get those players injured again. To rest them for the travel. It's about five hour five hour round trip, so it's about 10 hours of plane ride, plus all security. Plus all that time, you're not actually resting. You're on your feet on your muscles that you use for the game are being used. So I'm glad the three players from Montreal got a rest. Well, actually, more than three players. If you look at a couple players that went down there and played, and yeah. Yeah, Lefebvre rested. Yeah, let's talk about the young guys for a second. Lefebvre, Tissot. It wasn't that bad. Tissot actually played decently well. He wasn't worse than Yapikino. Oh, Dennis. Dennis the Menace Yapikino. Now he's blaming his club a little bit after he's leaving. He's still bitter about it. Because he's, he's losing his friends, as he was saying. Sorry, Dennis. Good luck to you in D.C., but not really. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not really disappointed. Like I said, go on goal.com. Read the article by Nick Sabetti. I think he's not too depressed about that game in Guatemala. It gives adversity to the team. That's my opinion, that throughout the MLS season, if you don't have adversity, you will get hit in the first round of the playoffs. 
and you'll be out of the tournament because it's basically a second season. It's a tournament. Compared to every single other football league in the world almost, the MLS has a playoff system. And the team that actually goes through adversity during, during this season in the playoff, they're more suited to go further. And you can see that just by the Galaxy the last couple of years. They did not have the best regular season. They had struggles and they had to build their, their team and their confidence back up in the, the later half of the season to be in the playoffs in a good momentum, in a good form, and then achieve all you can, all that you can achieve. And maybe that's what's going to happen when we're in Montreal. We, the Montreal Impact has been going through adversity the last couple months. Well, I would say a month and a half. And we'll see how it goes out of it. Maybe it's going to make the team stronger and more confident going into the playoff. Having to spread out the weapons because we're facing, we're battling on two fronts. We're chasing two rabbits, as Richard Lajean would say. And hopefully those two rabbits don't get away. And we actually get a chance to catch one of them, if not the two. I believe that the team has what it takes to make it to the final of both of them. And it's the year where the Mexican team that are in the CONCACAF are not as strong and don't believe as much in that tournament as a Monterrey or a Santos a couple years ago. So that CONCACAF Champions League becomes a little bit more open. If you can make it out of the group stage and get a lucky draw for the quarterfinals, you have a good shot of making it to the final. And that's something that can Montreal can, can look forward to and can have as a goal to make it to the final of the Champions League. But for that, you need to get out of the group. And for that, you need to win at home and hope for a draw or result on the road. You only need one. Montreal's only one game down. There's one left on the road. And if we get a three points at Buckshaw in Santa Clara, close to San Jose, in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, we have a chance of making it out of that group. If we actually, we need to get a result in San Jose and destroy Iridia at home for confidence. If we achieve those two, the Montreal Impact players will realize what's possible with that 11. They probably know it, but I believe that silverware is something achievable this year and not only Canadian silverware, but maybe MLS silverware, and you never know, maybe continental one. Anyways, let's hope that eventually we realize, here's a question for all of you guys, if you know what to do to be better in the CONCACAF, if you know what to do to stop those referees, to stop those gamesmanship, to stop that diving and that lying and that embellishment that in the CONCACAF, let me know. Email me off the woodworks at hotmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter or message me on my Facebook page if you know what to do. So we stop being CONCACAF. So we stop getting lied to when they need to. But they seem to need to all the time. Because they lie. Because I lie. Because I want to. But I We're back on After Woodworks Saturday, Stad Saputo. The Montreal Impact are facing the Dynamo of Houston. 
facing the Dynamo in a very important game for the top of the Eastern table. It's going to be the return of Montreal Impacts, DeVaio, Nesta, Bernier, starting for sure. A lot of players that started in Guatemala probably not going to play. I believe Camaro, just because he played half of the game, he will be starting for Montreal. So for your fantasy, Camaro's going to be okay. Anyways, talking about the game against Houston, it's a little bit of a rivalry always with Houston, with Dominic Kinnear and Marco Schallibaum not liking each other. Will the Volcano get ejected again? I don't believe so. The Volcano is not even going to be coaching against Houston. We're still waiting on words from the MLS to see how many games he has suspended. It hasn't come out yet, and it's Friday morning, and we still don't know how many games has been suspended. So just that, that tells you that he might be suspended for more than one or two games. He's a repeat offender, people. So we'll see what Mauro Biello, Mauro, what Mauro can do as a coach this Saturday at the Stada Saputo. Mauro Biello. Come on, Mauro Biello. Guide your team, and we all know that you won't get ejected. That's for sure. If we're able to make you smile, that'll be very, very, first of all, very difficult. But second of all, very important, because if you smile, it means that Montreal is having a good game. Like I said, it's a very important game. Both teams have two games in hand against all their opponents in the race for not only a playoff spot, but for the top of the East. They have two games in England against the Red Bulls, against the Sporks. Yes, if you don't know, Sporks is the Sporting Kansas City. So they got two games in hand against the Sporks, against the Toros, against pretty much everybody. So the winner of that game has a shot of getting three points clear of either of the other one. So in Montreal, if they win, they got three points more on Houston, and they get those two games in hand, those victories that we desperately need. That would be nine points ahead, well, six points ahead of everybody else, and maybe nine against Houston, if Houston loses those two games. So that game is amazingly important to come out of there with the three points and the W, and it's the kind of game that can be called a statement game. The folks at Extra Time Radio like to use that term, if that term exists. What is a statement game? What I believe that this is a statement game for the Montreal Impact. Let's go home at the Saputo. Two, three goals, three nothing, three, three, four nothing against Dominic Kinnear in Houston. And it makes a statement to everybody, every other team in the Eastern Conference that we're here, we're ready, and we will be able to battle you for the W's and for the lead going into the playoff and for home and field advantage. Can you imagine? Finish first or second, make it to the final, and we can have the MLS Cup final at Stade Olympique at the Big O. It's already booked, by the way. So believe. Anyways, we'll take another small break on After Woodworks. When we come back, we'll have Steven Eastep from the Dynamo Theory writer for the blog. We'll talk about the Dynamo, the CC a little bit again. But most of all, Listen to this great song. We're the Dynamo from Houston, the Houston soccer team. We are forever orange, and all sharing the dream. You can talk about the Galaxy, Red Bull, and Dallas teams. But there are no maps for Dynamo, we're the best you've ever seen. Welcome back to Off The Woodworks. It's with great pleasure that I would like to welcome Stephen Eastep, writer for the Dynamo Theory out of Houston. Hello, Stephen. 
Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm great, and yourself? Doing very well. All right, first of all, we're just going to talk about the CONCACAF Champions League, because both our team played on the road down in the Central uh, Central America this week. Your team yeah, played W Connection, right? Yes, that's right. And how was that game for you on Tuesday night? It was hard to watch. Um I mean, look, at the end of the day, I think uh, anybody will take a, a point on the road. So I, I can't really say I'm displeased, uh, you know, with the ultimate result. But uh, I was hoping to see a little bit more from from the Dynamo attack. But you got a credit connection. They uh, they kind of played their game and uh, they actually even they even had a few chances on the Dynamo that I, I thought they might put the put the Dynamo away and uh, and leave the Dynamo, you know, leaving uh, leaving Trinidad and Tobago with uh, zero points. So you know, it was a tough match, but. You know, based on the, the the upcoming games for Houston, I think they're in a good position to take the group. You know, considering they have a couple of home games, and, and as long as they take care of business like they typically do, I think they'll be okay. And what do you say about what would you say about the W connection? Just in case Montreal Impact, if they make it out of the group, ever faces that team, what is impressive about that team, or if there's anything impressive about that team? You know, I I wasn't really impressed by much, but I was surprised at how well their defense um, kind of kind of kept the dynamo a little bit disorganized it, you know the fans are kind of you know split on a, when you when you get a zero zero draw you know you've got the frustration of watching nothing happen for 90 minutes so um you know fans reactions on on social media and and just you know conversations it has been kind of rough the last couple of days but like i said it's 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 a good result um Connection played their game, and, and they really they confused the Dynamo. The Dynamo put out a lineup that was mixed between reserves and starters, and it was a, it was a lineup that that should be able to win. But uh, you know, I think their defense was pretty solid. They, we did see a little bit of attacking from them. Um, I know they've got a couple of. Uh, I did a little bit of research for the for the preview before the match, and they got a couple of uh, I think like six new uh, foreign signings and uh, an Italian guy, and um, he seemed to play okay. And then they brought in one of their one of their top scorers off the bench. So. Um, they've got a few people to look out for, but I don't. I wouldn't really. I don't think they'll they'll make it too far in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's enough about the Concacaf. As you all know, last night was a rough night for the Montreal. Last night, Wednesday night was a rough night for the Montreal Impact down in the Concacaf. And we all hate when our team get Concacafed because that's literally what happens. <laughs> that every is single the nickname, time. isn't it? <laughs> oh, you get you get Concacafed. You go penalty a penalty calls on nothing. Then you get a red card for no reason. And basically, I was surprised that Charlie Baum wasn't thrown out yesterday of the game. <laughs> yeah, just because, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like this, there was one thing I thought was going to happen with Charlie Baum getting thrown off. <laughs> well, anyways, that's enough about the CONCACAF. Let's talk about the more important things. Saturday night at the Saputo. Well, actually, Saturday afternoon at the Saputo, the Dynamo are facing the Montreal Impact. What can we say about the Dynamo that changed from the last time we faced a couple months ago? Well, I think I think Houston is kind of in a rhythm right now. They've, uh, I think that if I'm not mistaken, they're like four one and one in their last uh, in their last six games, which is which has been great. And this is about that time of year where the rest of MLS hates us because we we <laughs> kind of t- tend to turn it on and uh, and make a, a little run for the playoffs and and you know hopefully get pretty far um, you know this time around and maybe make it uh, make it to the championship uh, or win the championship rather, but. You know, I just think they're playing with a lot more confidence. I think the changes, uh, a couple of little tweaks that Dominic Kinnear has made has have been beneficial. And I think, um, you know, the Fords have kind of gotten their groove back, and that was the biggest problem. Will Bruin and, and uh, mm-hmm. 
and Giles Barnes were, were just kind of lost their uh, lost their ability to score for a little while. They were still doing other great things for the club, but you know you need your forwards to score. You guys, you know, you guys have one of the best in the league that's scoring goals galore. So um, I think that you know their confidence is back and and they're they're just hitting a nice stride right now. So I think I think this game uh, is going to be a little bit different. I think I think it'll it'll definitely be a, a really good match to see. So is it going to be Will Bruin that is going to haunt us again at the Saputo like last year, or do you think it's going to be uh, maybe more Jaws Barnes scoring on us? You know, Giles has really got some 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 really good confidence right now. Um, you know, Bruin does too. You know, Bruin got a goal um, also uh, last week against uh, against uh, Seattle. So uh, it's hard to tell. I think both of them are going to be equally dangerous, and that's that's I think where uh, where it really helps the Dynamo because we've we really have never had that goal scorer that that is just the the guy on the team. Even even when Brian Ching was in his prime, I mean, Ching was usually our leading scorer, but Dwayne DeRosario was right behind him uh, yeah. in, in goal. So, you know, the Dynamo have always kind of been a, a team that has at least a couple of guys that you've got to really look out for. So I think uh, I think Bruin is definitely capable of, of, you know, continuing his good form since he's been back from the U.S. camp. And uh, I think Barnes is, is really looking to prove something and kind of prove to a lot of the people that said, you know, his career was over when he came to MLS, you know, especially since he had this... Hailed youth career in England, yeah. I think uh, he's he's really out to prove everybody wrong and, and show that he's really you know the top guy on the team. So, speaking of top guy, there's a one player who keeps going into injury woes lately. Ricardo Clark, how's he doing? Is he back to playing? Is he still injured? You know, at this point, the latest um, the latest information we have on Ricardo is um, you know he left the match against Seattle with dizziness. Uh, Dominic Kinnear talked to the press after the match, and you know he told us that. Uh, you know that, that he left with the same dizziness that he experienced a couple weeks before. I can't believe that I can't remember the game he exited before, but it was also in Houston and it was a really hot and humid day. And, you know, nothing Ricardo's not not used to playing in, so it's a little bit of a concern. Um, yeah, because I was thinking with he got hit even with his helmet, he got a concussion, probably wearing his helmet, which is not a good sign usually. Yeah, he he just uh, Clark is uh, he's a, he's a tough guy, and for him to kind of voluntarily say he needs to kind of sit out because he's he's got some dizziness. You know, Kinnear told us that uh, that he would be looking that they'd be looking into it, running some tests. So at this point, there hasn't been any updates. So we're hoping uh, probably tomorrow we'll know um, his status for the game against Montreal. So um, you know, obviously you, you you want him to be there for big games, but most importantly, you just hope that everything's okay and there's not some underlying you know cause to him you know feeling this way and. and uh, in games he's you know he's used to playing and so you know we'll we'll probably find out tomorrow whether he's going to be available for Montreal but hopefully hopefully everything's all right with Clark. All right, and your goalkeeper Tally Hall, he's not having his best year. The last couple of years have been a little bit better for him. Is he back into his groove as we speak? I think so. He's he's been he's been pretty solid. And I think uh, you know unfortunately goalkeepers kind of they kind of they can get on either end of something good. If you've got a really good defense, sometimes a keeper doesn't really have a lot of work to do, and they can really be made out to be really really top keepers um and and then on the flip side you know your defense can really do you in sometimes and i think tally is tally shown this year and i think it's evidenced by his call up to the u.s men's mm-hmm. national team he's really shown that you know what you know klinsman sees and what other people seen him he's got a lot of uh, ability and a lot of technical ability at goalkeeper and i think you know a lot of our struggles uh that that we went through where he was giving up some goals were really i hate to say you just blame him solely on the defense but there was a lot of defensive mistakes, so I think I think at this point it's balanced out a little bit, and we're we're seeing you know the real tally hall. And lately he's been he's been he's been playing a lot better, meaning that we're not we're not giving up as many goals. But I think uh, the defense has a lot to do with that. So I think it's a, a big combination. But I think tally is only going to get better. He's young, and 
I think uh, he, I know he, you know, I know personally he wants to, he wants to strive to be um, higher up on the, on the charts uh, for the U.S. team. And the only way to do that is to, to get better. Yeah, and I can't have somebody from the Dynamo on my show without talking about Mr. Brian Ching. Mr. First, exactly, Mr. First Round Draft Pick of the history of the Montreal Impact in the MLS, who actually never played in Montreal. I think you say, what, a week in Montreal? Well, I, I, I'll tell you, I'll be honest, as, as, a, as a Dynamo fan and, um, and as, a, you know, as somebody who covers the Dynamo also on both sides, the, the strangest thing I've ever seen to this day was the preseason game where he did suit up for, for the Impact and play against the Dynamo. Those pictures still um, haunt me to this day. It's just, it was just odd. But uh, you know what? Let me ask you a question from the opposite side. You know, because I've never really been on a, a podcast or a show dedicated to Montreal before, but I've had conversation on Twitter and, and you know Facebook and social media around this. But I mean, was was that was that really something that that Montreal fans, uh, you know, in, in your experience, thought was a good move from from Marsh, uh, no. you know, drafting Ching, right? I never thought it was a good move at all. I always wonder just, what what is Marsh doing? Exactly, it didn't three make moves. Sense. So three moves I never got from Marsh. The Eddie Johnson. Eddie Johnson was a Montreal Impact for a couple of minutes yeah. last week, last year. Yeah, yeah literally and minutes, right? <laughs> exactly, and he got, I never got that. And, like, he's a, he's a player for his national team. Like, he could have been good for Montreal. I never understood that. I never understood. We got rid of, we got Fusito. We got rid of Fusito. He never played, never practiced. The Bobby Burling thing, never understood that either. And the Brian Ching. So it's yeah, like, that's four moves in one preseason by one coach. I was wondering what yeah. happened. Yeah, no, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think, you know, I had I had some good interactions, then I had some bad interactions with some of the fans. You know how it is. You know, everybody has their opinion, and some of them voice it a little bit stronger than others. But oh, it just, yeah. at the end of the day, it just never made sense, you know? And um, I, I, I think with uh, with Ching being at where he was with his age and, and of course, uh, uh, his history with Marsh, I, I just it just looked like something personal, and it's just something that that I, we look back on and kind of laugh but at. You, but you uh, knew what the whole story was. Right? There was a goal to that end. Like, the old means, the old... And to that mean was to get André Henault to back to Montreal. Yeah. That was the goal for Jesse Marsh. To pick Brian Ching and then to force your general manager to be like, you want Ching back, then give us Henault. But your manager was smarter than that and ours wasn't back then. <laughs> so that's yeah, and happened. I think, you know, you got to credit. I mean, we, we talk about Chris Canetti and, and Dominic Kinnear all the time in Houston. And I think, uh, you know, 95% of uh, the fans are going to back them up and say that they, they do great for the club, especially considering our, our budgets and our restraints maybe that, that we, you know, we get kind of the short end of the stick when it comes to Los Angeles being able to yeah. you know, spend as much money as they want in, you know, New York. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think uh, – I mean, I might be a, a bit biased, or I am a bit biased, but I think Kennedy and Kinnear are, are really two of the best in the business, and together they've really they've really done wonders here in Houston. So I'm I'm not surprised uh, they didn't let Andre uh, go because you know at that point he was a big piece of of the, yeah. of the defensive puzzle for us. So uh, I think they did the right thing, and eventually you know Ching wound up where he where he belonged, and and he's you know he's still a legend here even though he doesn't play. So yeah, and uh, you brought it up, so I'm going to talk about it. And if, what, it didn't cross my mind, but it is true. The Houston aren't. Owned by this by AAG, the same group who owns the LA Galaxy and the Staples Center and everything. How does it feel to be the redheaded stepchild of a big company like that? You know, I think fans hate it. I mean, uh, in general, and 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 I and I tend to you know dislike it at times. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's kind of like 
you know, yes, the Galaxy have won two MLS Cups, and yes, they beat us both times. So there's kind of like this this little there's this anger built up inside Dynamo fans, maybe to an extent. But you know, at the end of the day, I, I kind of look past it personally. And 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 like I said, you know, the Canadian Kinnear do do wonders uh, with with this club and and with what they're given. And you know, we made we just added Alexander Lopez, our newest mm-hmm. uh, designated player. Not a lot of people know who he is. Uh, yeah. You know, but he's he's probably. I mean, he's. We're hoping that he's going to turn out to be exactly what Kinnear saw in him, and and I wouldn't be surprised. Just like Boney Garcia, mm-hmm. nobody really knew who he was, and was I think those timing. moves. Are, yeah, exactly. And those are the moves that I think fans should focus on more than who owns us, because at the end of the day, we have three owners. You know, AEG owns us. Um, boxing, you know, legend yeah. uh, Oscar Loya owns twenty five percent, and then Gabriel Brenner, one of his business partners, owns the other the other twenty five percent. Owners are owners. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it does bother me a little bit that if you look up AEG's Twitter handle, they've got the Galaxy in their profile, but there's no mention yeah. of the Dynamo. But uh, you know, we, well, we're just a successful club, so. I, I want to bring it up in a in a way that because with the, what Seattle has done this year, getting a big DP with big money, put a lot of money on the table to get an American player, I'm I'm thinking that eventually every team's going to try to do that, and yeah. with a team that actually uh, has a, a, the same owner as two teams, it's really hard for a team to feel like they're going to be have their first dibs on a on a player if they know the LA Galaxy are going to try to outbid them. If they have the same owner, yeah, and, and that's a that's a problem. And I think um, the, you know ownership of more than one club has always been an issue to an extent. I think obviously it worked in the past because I know AEG was a huge a huge part of uh, you know building MLS and and building it to the where it's at today. You know, due to their ownership and the money they spend and, and the uh, the investment they have, but at the end of the day, the the ownership has to change. You know, we were we were probably close to being sold to Les Alexander, the the gentleman who owns the Houston Rockets uh, NBA team here. Um, but that kind of fell through at the last minute, and there's, you know, uh, who knows the the real reasons why. But I think eventually the Dynamo will get, you know, um, ownership under control. And I think, you know, I think I don't I don't know if they'll be better or worse for it. I, I really don't think it'll matter too much as long as somebody like uh, Chris Kennedy and, and and somebody like Dominic Kinnear are have the same type of success. I, I really don't think who, the the owner matters. I mean, they might open their pocketbook a little bit more, but mm-hmm. I think the Dynamo have been a perfect example. Uh, for for really for six out of the seven years that you really don't necessarily need to open the pocketbook because at you know that much because at the end of the day yeah the, the, the galaxy are the MLS champions but um, you know from a business perspective being the runners up is it's not not too shabby you know so it's a successful organization and they do it they do it in a lot more um, re- not respectful I don't mean to like dog of the galaxy at all but no but I know what you mean you, they're yeah. doing that more organically it's, exactly and, yeah. and I mean. I think from an MLS perspective, from an MLS fan or an American soccer fan, you gotta you gotta appreciate that. Whether you're a Dynamo fan or not, I think you should you, you gotta appreciate teams like the Dynamo and, and there's other teams that do it as well. I mean, look at Real Salt Lake is is a team that's always successful. I mean, they're, it's an impressive club too, and there's a lot of clubs like that. So, and one question before I let you go, Stephen, what do you think is gonna happen on Saturday? Do you have a prediction for the game at Saputa? You know, I was I was you know doing a little bit of research for, before the game, and I I I remember having trouble uh, on the road, and well, I remember having trouble on the road in Canada. Period, regardless of mm-hmm. who we're playing. But I think if I'm not mistaken, both games we played there, we've lost. Yep. Um. So and I, and, uh, and four two and two one. Yeah. So, you know, I, I you know the one thing I love about when somebody asks me for predictions is I just I just. I just go for the Dynamo win at all times. It seems like I rarely ever predict a draw or, or a loss, but I don't know. I, I think I honestly think this is a game that is gonna 
I don't know about Montreal so much, but I know with the Dynamo, if they get a win here, it, it really is going to say something. You know, both teams have the, uh, two games in hand on, on the teams above them in the standings. Exactly. So it's big for both, but I think I think the Dynamo are going to be extremely hungry for three points and not play for a draw here. I mean, if you, they come out with a draw, I'd, I'd be happy. But uh, I think uh, they're not going to win by mul- multiple goals. This is going to be a one-goal win, whether it's 2-1 or 1-0, but I, I don't think we're going to control... Uh, you know, Marco up there. I think he's going to get on the score sheet no matter what. So <laughs> I'm going to go 2-1 Houston and be bold a little bit, and hopefully hopefully that pans out for us. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephen Eastep, thank you very much for being part of Off The Woodworks. Always appreciate it, Kevin. Thanks for having me on. And you can uh, look at Stephen Eastep on Twitter at Ordinary Fan... Ordinary Orange Fan? Or- Orange Fan Blog. At Orange, at Orange Fan Blog. Fan blog at Orange Fan Blog and writer for the Dynamo Theory. Well, have a great night, Stephen. Thank you, Kevin. There's Dominic who leads away the greatest coach we know. In Dom, we trust we fans all say because he runs the show. He's leader and our master inspiration in the fight. He'll lead our team to glory because he dynamite. So thank you, Stephen Eastev, again. So it's going to be a very important game, like we all said during the whole show, at Stad Saputo. So go there, sell it out, make it a sea of blue to intimidate that god-ugly orange shirt. God, it's they're so orange. Don't forget to bring your sunglasses, even if it's not sunny. They're so orange. <laughs> so thanks for listening to another edition of Off the Woodworks on Red Nation Online for this Friday, August 23rd. I want to thank you for listening to this on Afterwards Works on iTunes, on Stitcher Radio. Get the Stitcher Radio application for your smartphones, your Apples, your Samsungs, your Google phone, your Android. Does Google phone still exist? Does microphone phone still exist? But anyways, subscribe to Afterwards Works if you like the show. You can follow us on Twitter at Off the Woodworks. Go like my page, Afterwards Works. On Facebook, go on Stitcher, iTunes, like I said. If you have any questions, comments, anything you want to say to me or anything you want to say on Afterward Works, just email me, afterwardworks at hotmail.com. I want to thank Stephen Eastep from the Dynamo Theory website. You can get all the links to his stories. He really follows the Liga MX and the Dynamo and DMLS, so you can go on dynamotheory.com. You'll have all the links on the Red Nation Online page. Don't forget to cheer for Montreal this Saturday night at San Saputo. Don't forget, the Premier League is going on. There was another game this week, Wednesday. Chelsea won 2-1 against Aston Villa, and Benteke scored again. That's pretty much all that happened in DPL. Luis Ara still in Liverpool. Bill is still not gone from Madrid. And Arsenal still hasn't signed anybody. So nothing changed at DPL so far. Saturday, a couple of great games but Monday night. The Monday night football. The original Monday night football. Chelsea, Man United. That's going to be a great game. So I'm Kevin Laramie and have a great soccer. And if I could control.